0: We'll get back to the best conference in college football here in a little bit. As a Pac-12, I ain't fighting for you. It may be your last year of survival, but damn it, you're going out on a high note if I have anything to say about it. Okay, I do I hate talking about this topic. But it's in the news again. It's very frustrating, so I want to make this one point here before I circle back to some more enjoyable conversations. Okay, it's about James Harden. Here's the reality. Especially when you hear James Harden again, this time talking to a Houston TV station on Thursday, saying that his relationship with the Sixers is beyond repair. It's broken, irreplaceable. It's done. James Harden's NBA career should be over. There's zero reason why any team in the NBA should trade for him, and there is zero reason why any of the 30 teams in the league should want him on their roster. This is a guy who is selfish, never takes accountability, chokes when it matters the most, doesn't prioritize winning, and is a quitter. You hear all that mixed up into one. Selfish, not accountable, chokes, other interests outside of winning, quitting. Does that scream? I got to have that guy on my team. Where can I go get him a big-time deal? No one's signing up for that. And now when you see what is going on this week, where he's in China calling Daryl Morey a liar, he's on TV later in the week saying the relationship between him and the Sixers is broken beyond repair. When he's trying to make himself feel like the victim, if you ask yourself, why is James Harden doing this? Why is James Harden saying all these crazy things we've never seen anyone say before? It goes back to one thing. And that one thing, again, should scare every single team away from wanting them on their squad. It's that he blames everyone else for his own failures. Like, let's just dive quickly into why he's calling Darryl Moore a liar. He's calling Darryl Moore a liar because he feels like he got screwed. He is not getting the contract he was maybe promised. But he's also not getting the contract he feels like he deserves. He feels he's worth more than the $35 million the Sixers are paying him this season. And you know what he's doing in calling Daryl Morey a liar and vowing to never play for a Daryl Morey-led team again? He's blaming the GM. He is blaming Morey for Harden's own failures instead of looking in the mirror and pointing the finger at himself. Because let me ask you this very simple question. If James Harden played well in the postseason this year, are we having this discussion? Is James Harden going on this crusade of a media tour to torch the Sixers? Is Philly not giving him an extension? The answer to all those questions is no. We are not here... If James Harden simply played well against the Celtics. Simply didn't choke. Simply, for most of the series against Boston, wasn't the worst player on the team. And if he wasn't the first, or if he wasn't the worst, I should say, excuse me, he was the second worst player for most of that series. I know he had two 40-point games, both career highs in the playoffs, and was tremendous. Games one and games four, two of his best postseason moments of his career. The issue for James Harden in that postseason series against the Celtics in which they choked a 3-2 lead at home is that in the other five games of the series, he was either the worst or the second worst player in that entire series. He shot in those other five games of a playoff series in in which in games one and four where he combined for 87 points. The other five games he combined for 67 points, shot 25% from the field, and 15% from three. This is a guy who played like crap for five out of the seven games in the second round of the playoffs and now thinks he is getting screwed because he is not getting more money. He's not getting a max deal. By the team that he screwed by his poor play. Think about how twisted that is. He is making Daryl Morey out to be the bad guy. Because of how he himself, James Harden, played in the playoffs. If you right now were in Daryl Morey's shoes. And James Harden came to you and said, I want a max deal. I think I'm worth $200 million. What are you saying? After what you just witnessed in the playoffs, after banging your head against the wall year after year trying to get out of the second round, after declaring two years ago when you made the trade to bring the Beard into town that he was the finishing piece to get the Sixers over the hump, and now two years in a row he has flamed down the playoffs and the Sixers have not gotten out of round number two, what would you say? If Hardy came up to you and said, I deserve more money. I'll tell you what I would say. Hell no. Get out of my office. You're insane. Look in the mirror. Look at a scoreboard. Look at a box score. And try to explain to me why you think you deserve more money after that awful performance. Which is repeated year after year after year. That's what James Harden's career is. Th- this last week is what we're what we're watching right now in front of us is exactly what James Harden's career has been about. Stinking when it counts, blaming others then for his failures, and acting like the victim, acting like he is getting wronged, despite the fact the only thing wrong was his play. That's it. There's no one to blame here but James Harden himself for his horrendous postseason performances and his selfishness anytime he tried to leave. So if you're the Sixers, why would you give him more money? Why would you give him an extension? To what? Losing the second round again every year? No thank you. And if you're another team, any team, why would you trade for this clown? So you can end up on the same list as the Rockets, Nets, and Sixers disappointed and burned after he goes sc- scorched earth to leave your team eventually in a year or two. I'm not like I'm not kidding here. His NBA career should be over because there is no justification for any one of the thirty teams to bring this guy to town to bring him on your team. He's bad in the locker room. He's bad in the postseason. He brings no positivity to any team in the league. And I don't know why, when it's happened now three times in terms of him leaving teams in an ugly fashion and happened like 10 times where he's been terrible in the postseason, why you would think, you know what? We're going to turn him around. He's coming to Minnesota. He's going to go to New Orleans. He's going to be featured in Phoenix. And we are going to... Get the most out of James Harden that the Rockets couldn't, that the Nets couldn't, that the Sixers couldn't. That is foolish. That is unrealistic. That is delusional. Not going to happen. Sixers shouldn't play him. No team should trade for him. James Harden's career should be done. In the NBA. You want to go to China? Be my guest. But in the NBA, there is no valid reason for any team to bring this guy on your squad. And he's showing you in real time why he'd be an absolute disaster anywhere he went. All right. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Alex is doing a great job producing the show. Alex, I'm going to throw a name by you. I want to know if you've ever heard of this guy who knows uh, know who he is. Have you heard of Jeremiah Johnson? Does that name ring a bell at all? Jeremiah Johnson. It does not. It does not? Okay, no problem. Not a pro athlete. Not a celebrity. Someone, though, who could be a pro athlete. He is a 13-year-old man who if you seen a picture, if you Google Jeremiah Johnson – He looks 35. He is a 12-year-old man with a mustache, with a receding hairline, that because he looks so old, yeah, Alex, you're shaking your head now because you just Googled him. You've seen him before. Yeah, I know who he is now. Have you seen his most recent claim? He is claiming, again, he's 13 years old now, who looks like he's 35. He's 13 going on 35.
1: When when sorry, just to cut you off, when you look up his name
0: and you go on Wikipedia, it says he's 36. Yeah, I mean yeah, because he looks like he's 36. He claims he started growing a mustache. He has a full mustache and a little bit of a goatee going as well. He claims he started growing a mustache at six years old. And it says he has a spouse. That is like first grade.
1: Yeah, I was in first grade when I was, yeah. Are you growing a mustache, Alex, no. in first grade? I started growing facial facial hair in my senior year of high school. I was 17.
0: I will never forget in, like, eighth grade, I had, like, one chin hair growing out. I thought it was the coolest thing. I had yeah. to, like, grow out for, like, a few days. I'm like, man, look at me. I'm hitting puberty, baby. <laughs> one chin hair at, like, 13. This guy's a full-blown mustache at age 12 and looks like he's 35. I don't like he said he had to prove it. So, I mean, I'm assuming he has a legitimate birth certificate and especially I believe he's in Texas. I don't think Texas is going to let this slide for high school football, but boy, I mean, I have literally never seen an adult look as old as this 13 year old looks. Yeah. I mean, either. Like if I was a bouncer at a bar, I wouldn't even ask for his ID. <laughs> like that's how old he looks. He looks like it's like, it's not even like, Oh, borderline 20, 21. He looks like 35 where he'd be insulted if I asked for his ID. And he's 13. God bless the kids he's playing against, let me tell you. Honestly. I could not imagine lining up against this guy, seeing a mustache and realize, oh boy, I'm in for a long, long, long day. Speaking of football, let's get back to some college football here. Best conference in the country. It's a Pac-12 this year. USC. Washington, Oregon, Utah. Bare minimum, those four teams, all four legitimate college football playoff contenders with four bona fide, legit quarterbacks running their teams. Oregon State's also ranked in the top 20. Five teams for the conference that's about to die. In the top 20, no team, or I should say no conference, excuse me, has more than the Pac-12 in the top 20. This team is loaded? Oh, this conference is loaded? They are the best conference in college football this this year and this year only, in large part because one team does not make a conference. Georgia alone does not make the SEC the best conference in college football. The SEC for a while was hyped up, rightfully so, because of their depth. Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn, Florida, any given year – four, five, six of those teams are in the top 15. This year, it's not the case. You got Georgia, you got LSU, and for me, that's it. I'm out on Alabama. I'm out on Tennessee. I don't think Spencer Rattler's having a big glow up this year and having a surprise season for the Gamecocks. The SEC is top-heavy. Two teams, and that's it. That does not make... Your conference, the greatest conference in college football in the year of 2023. But tell me I'm wrong. 855-212-4227. If you don't think the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country, let me know why. Slayton is calling from Georgia with some thoughts. What's up, Slayton?
2: Hey, Ryan. How are you, man? We're doing good, man. How are you? I'm straight. I am a Pac-12 fan, and I live in SEC country. So I want to ride with you. I'll tell you this. I'll say this. I'd, I'd change the operative word. I'd say the Pac-12 was the deepest conference for a couple of reasons. One, they haven't proven they're the best conference. I mean, because the season hasn't started, so we have to see how they finish. Uh, but I would say deepest, and I, I say that because, uh, well, I agree with you. The the quarterback situation, to have that many teams with that level of quarterback, you got DJ uh, Uwe Angolola to Ohio State. You got uh, Penix. Uh, at Washington, Caleb Williams, so on and so forth. And the big reason for that, the reason that the Pac-12 is better these last couple of years, is because of transfer portal and because NIL. It's just kind of give, it's kind of leveling the playing field. So they're, you know. Yeah, I think they're going to be the deeper conference, but I mean, you know, they got they got to prove that they can uh, that when they get in the big games, they got to win those games. So, you know, uh, I agree with that to to a certain extent, but I I would say that I'd say the deeper conference. I I'd say we have to wait for them to prove that they're the best conference. And really quick, my hot take is that uh, I'm a 49ers fan. 49ers are going to finish. in the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold as quarterback. And the reason I say that is because we hadn't finished a year since Shannon has been there with the quarterback that we started with. Love Brock Purdy. But so, if that's my hot take. They uh, we make it to the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold. I was Donald. just going
0: to say, Slayton, up until you said Sam Darnold, I was like, all right, that's not really a hot take. A lot of, that's my Super Bowl prediction. Leagues the 49 was getting there. But I'll give it to you with Sam Darnold leading the Niners. Man, Jets fans are going to love that watching Sam Darnold go to a Super Bowl. But... I like it, man. I appreciate the call. But you look at last year, it's like the Pac-12, again, had five teams finish last year's final rankings in the top 17. They, like, the Pac-12 quietly, and this is a little bit of frustration, but also I understand it in the sense that the Pac-12 cannibalizes itself. So really, like, when USC loses and Washington loses and Oregon loses, all of a sudden the Pac-12 is kind of out of the picture because all the top teams have a loss. And so now it's okay, the Pac-12 is out, let's focus on the SEC, let's focus on the Big Ten. The ACC with Clemson was there for a little bit. And then you re- like, you kind of forget, these, de- these teams are still really damn good. Five teams in the top 17 is nothing to sneeze at. And especially when these five teams, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Utah, USC, are returning everybody. It's not like it's a mass exodus and, oh, okay, these teams are not really as good as they were last year, but they finished well and they are maybe a little overhyped this year. These teams are legit, and I'm trying to give them the respect they deserve now so I can honestly tell you I told you so in two months from now, three months from now. But if you think I'm wrong, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Also, when we do return, Three at three time, including I'm getting fooled. I know it. But also, I don't want to fix it. I'll explain why or what I'm talking about when we do return. Ryan Icke with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.
2: The man who is
0: obsessed with the number three. The-
1: is a magic number.
0: Uh, Trey, Ryan Hickey. He, like, that's his self-giving nickname. T-R-E-S is in T-R-E-S three in Spanish. Gives
3: you three thoughts, three opinions, three observations
0: at 3AM. 3 three. That's a magic number. Let's go inside the brain of Ryan Hickey. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. And see what's going on in there. Three. It's time for Three at Three. Elon Musk, damn it, is at it again. Before, though, we get that. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Wesleyfinancialgroup.com. So he del- tweeted this and deleted the tweet, but Elon Musk said that he is going to take away the block button or the block aspect of Twitter and now you can no longer be able to block someone, I don't get the point of that. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not someone who used the block button at all. I like to go more covertly. I love to use the mute button on Twitter where no one knows that I don't see their tweets. There's no notification given. I like to just do it in silence. I'm not someone who likes to be very confrontational. So, if someone says something I don't really like, honestly, I don't really care about people I don't know. Honestly, I use the mute button more for people I do know, but I don't want to unfollow them and or block them. And so, it's one way that I can still, you know, again, see them face-to-face, still talk to them, but avoid their content, if you will. I love the mute button. Don't block anyone anyway. So, it doesn't really affect me. But if you want to block someone, you should be able to block someone. I don't get, like, how, if you're Elon Musk, how Twitter is better by removing the block function. Like, every idea this guy has, has sucked. The issue is we're a captive audience. Right? We're stuck. Threads has, has tried to, you know, grow. Blue Sky has tried to grow. Nothing catches on. Everyone's on Twitter. People are too lazy to start a new account. Not everyone migrates over from Twitter to Threads or Twitter to a new app. So... We're all there. No one's leaving. All I want to do is just tweet about sports. That's all I want to do. I want to tweet my frustration when the Mets suck. I want to tweet my, hopefully, excitement for Penn State football this year. That's all. Maybe a good meme or two. I don't need a lot out of this app. I don't need a lot of bells and whistles. It's like every suggestion from the logo change to the name change to now you can pay for your verifications. You don't have to be, you know, a legitimate newsman in order to get a blue check mark. So everyone has a blue check mark that wants to waste eight bucks a month on getting a blue check mark to brag about it, even though now anyone can get one. And now we're moving to the block situation. Alex, am I lost here? No, I'm with Does you. Does that make the app any better?
1: No, I'm with you because I actually do use the block. <laughs> yeah, so. you're a blocker? Uh, I, I I block who people. Who do you block? I block people who like uh who just like i don't know it, it's more uh it's more so just on uh, like social media in general like if i if like if we have like a real life interaction and just like i really don't want to speak to them again i just block them on social media
0: you block people you know well i mean that's we, psychotic or actually i mean you just said you mute
1: people you know
0: yeah that's different they don't know about it oh you you find out if you yeah how if you blocked me for
1: example but because i like there was someone that blocked me but i didn't find out until like i went on their
0: username well that's how you you don't get an alert but it's like if you blocked me let's say and i went to you know see one of your tweets I go into your profile then all of a sudden it'll say alex has blocked you oh mute you have no idea there's
1: no there's no way you could know i i block on i block on instagram i don't i don't i i Actually, now that I, okay, now that I think about it, I block on Instagram and like well, Snapchat I don't even use anymore. But Twitter, yeah, actually Twitter I mute more because that's where I get most of my news. And when, as a Nets fan, at, when it was like really toxic, like last year, huh. I muted the words like Kyrie and KD so I wouldn't see it on my feed anymore because it was just it would just annoy me. That's fair. And then, like, even like a- after he left, like I was getting new, like I was getting texts of like stuff that Kyrie was doing, even just like on the basketball court. And, and like, do you see this? I'm like, oh, I still haven't <laughs> muted. I need to unmute this
0: now. All right, so you are a mute guy. I was gonna say blocking is bold. Especially I, if you know I, someone. I, I block on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Put up the big forearm, Heisman. The Heisman boom. Get out of here on IG. I don't think they, I don't know what the blocking situation is, like if you find out or not. I find out if I like look
1: up that person's like username, like, cause that happened to me one time. Wow, Sucks. you yeah. got blocked.
0: Yeah, I got blocked. On the other end of that, how'd it feel? Yeah, it, it sucked. Not great. Yeah. Which also, that's another reason to leave it. It does sound like a, a nice little burn, like, especially if you know the person and you get blocked, it is kind of like one last laugh you have at whoever you're blocking they're going to go and find out the next time they go to your profile and it's like, ooh, wow, that kind of stinks. Yeah. Leave that. Come on. You need a little bit of, you know, still a way to kind of throw a zinger in there at the end without, you know, saying to, saying to other people's faces. Leave the block function alone, Elon. Okay. Thought number two. This is actually pretty scary, but also pretty crazy. You see what's going on in the Pacific right now with Hurricane Hillary?
1: Oh, isn't it? Uh, yes, I think I have. So uh, you say what you were going to say, and then I'll see if I know.
0: Well, it's a category four hurricane right now. It's working its way up the coast from Mexico. It's supposed to land in San Diego and L.A. Yes, okay. I, Saturday I was in night, California. Yeah. Sunday morning. Um, they are expected, if this hurricane hits as strong as they're predicting right now, Southern California is expecting, in a day, equal rainfall that they are uh, get for an entire year. Ooh. twenty-four hours worth of rain is going to equal the amount of rain—the same rain they get in an entire three hundred sixty-five-day calendar.
1: This now, is a massive storm. Coming. Now, when you say that, I yes, obviously it's a massive storm, and I'm I'm I hopefully hopefully a lot of people stay safe. But is that a lot?
0: Compare because like because it just never rains there. It never rains there. But for a I'm going to say for a climate that's not used to rain. It's going to be a lot. That, yeah, yeah. I it's guess going to be true, a lot. Yeah. But here's my thing. Like my, this is my point. How is this possible? How is a hurricane in the Pacific possible? Hurricanes happen when you have warm weather mixed with warm water. The Atlantic Ocean is warmer than the Pacific Ocean. There's a reason why Florida is a target for hurricanes every year and California is not.
1: Yeah, her, uh, yeah Florida gets them all the
0: time. Like this is like the first like there's I think it was like 84 years since the last tropical storm warning has been issued for Southern California. 84? Yeah. Wow. The, the Pacific Ocean's freezing. It works its way down from Alaska. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting like the the ice cap water down the coast, which is part of the reason why like San Diego is always that perfect 75 degrees every single year, uh, every single day, all year round, because the water helps keep it cool from being a desert. How the hell with cold Pacific water are we getting a hurricane? It makes no sense to me. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it. I really hate to say it. But I am a little selfish. I am glad I am born now and not 200 years from now. I am afraid to see what this earth is going to be like oh, in twenty yeah. years from now. It is... Sc- our children's children's children and maybe children's children could be screwed. Maybe not... Okay, maybe not when we're grandparents, but... Great grandparents, and when we're dead, long dead and gone, this earth is gonna be. I hope around, I hope around, but if, if not, Mother Nature, if not global warming, the aliens, one way or another, feels like we are on the demise fast. So I'm glad to be alive now, I'll tell you that right now. Because <laughs> you see, I feel like each year, some record breaking storm or unusual temperatures, we just had the hottest
1: July, I think, ever. I'm pretty sure in a couple days, it's going to be like a hundred here. Um, let me fact check this. I, Thank God we will not
0: be on this earth in okay, about 75 it went, years. It
1: went down to 90. Okay, we're good. But it, I don't know what it will feel like.
0: But yeah, we'll see. Oh boy. Crazy. Hopefully the storm lessens, but Southern California right now having a hurricane. I had to double, you know, look twice at that link. What? But it's real. It was not a, not a fake article. Finally. For those that have watched Hard Knocks, if you watched on Tuesday, you saw Oz Perlman, the mentalist. Blow everyone's oh, mind on the jest. Uh, what? Because we were... Sorry, sorry to interrupt.
1: Uh, no, you're you good. were good. Um, because you were talking about it kind of uh, off air. I want to see if you saw the episode. I, I didn't see the episode. Okay. But I do know who Oz Perlman is because
0: he was on America's Got Talent once, and I used to watch America's Got Talent. He is a mentalist. He pref- not. I'm, I won't ruin any tricks that he performed. So for those who have not seen the Hard Knocks episode that want to see it, um, I'm not going to ruin it for you. But at least there was a lot of tricks he performed, including guessing jersey numbers, including predicting the score of the Super Bowl that one Jets player, Miko Hardman, predicted. He did a lot of stuff that truly feels impossible unless he had some sort of tell or someone was in on it beforehand. Watching that, I like. I love magic. I know magic gets a bad rap, and a lot of people like to crap on magic and call you a loser if you like it. I don't know how to do it. I love watching it. I love just seeing it go down. It's obviously manipulated in some way. I don't know how, especially with being a mentalist. It's not, like a, it's not a card trick where you can like move the cards around and, and you know again, manipulate um, the trick to work to your advantage or also kind of do, uh, pulling a sleight of hand. I have no idea how a mentalist reads the mind. I don't think it's real, but with that said, I don't want to know his tricks. I do find myself watching on YouTube a lot of magic tricks, and then after I see like a card trick, I'm like, "How is that? that that's no way that's possible!" Looking up how it's done, and for me, like once you know how it's done, the magic's like I'm, the magic's over. I don't, I don't want to see the trick again. Like I just, it, it doesn't impress me anymore. So I don't want to know how Oz does it. So I know I'm being fooled, right? I know there's some sort of lie going on, but I just rather just continue to be the fool and continue to be amazed because living kind of like, I guess, as a child in this situation where you're just kind of like, wow, this seems real is better than being the adult of knowing, you know, kind of how the sausage is made.
1: Yeah. It just kind of feels like if you find out how he does it, like in for future tricks, you're kind of just getting spoiled like a movie. Have you seen any of his tricks? He's been around.
0: He's done. Yeah, I mean, with I remember the Seahawks with the Braves, uh, with the Braves, Braves on TV, with the um, with the Jets, with the Buccaneers. I mean, I, I remember when he was on America's
1: Got Talent, but it was such a long time ago that. So I, I mean, I guess he's definitely improved since then. Do you um, remember what trick he did? I he went far because he did a he did a few. He went far. Um, I I I I, I vaguely remember like he asked each judge. I think. I don't remember what the other. I, I'll have to look back at the audition. All right. Are you are you a David Blaine guy? A little bit. Yeah,
0: I think he's sick. Uh, me and Marco Belletti, when we were talking about this earlier this week, he showed me a video of David Blaine in. Um, who was it? It was um, not Woody Harrelson, but it was some like it was some actor that he was in this house. Brian Cranston. And not Brian Cranston performed a trick. In which he guessed the card right but the card was in a piece of fruit in the fruit on his table it was unreal yeah he's, he's it was unreal that that's again I don't know how he does it I don't the 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 actor again I, I apologize for a blank on the name but like he like unless I mean he's an actor so maybe he just played it off well and was in in character he truly seemed shocked like how is this possible this seems really freaky like get out of my house sort of thing. Um, so I hope that that's kind of the case and not, again, this one big, one big, you know, um, joke that, you know, we're all not in on, but again, if you're O's, I don't think you're also this famous if everything you're doing is not real. You know what I mean? Like if everyone's in on, it. like if the, if, like if he came in before the hard knocks camera started filming, he said, Hey, I'm picking these players. You guys are gonna be in on the joke, act surprised, like, tell me whatever, like, tell me the number that you would wear. And so I know how to guess right. I'm gonna play it up here. You just be surprised. I feel like that would get out. And I feel like that he would not be popular because the trick would be out and then it's not cool anymore if you're just, okay, yeah. you're dressing something up when you know the answer. Hmm. So it's like something is real, but it's also, there's no way it's real if that makes sense. It's not, like not 100%. And so that's why I just, I'd rather just be wool over the eyes, not know, and just still be, uh, still be amazed. Because it is some crazy, crazy stuff. Speaking of the Jets, when we do return Hank and Knight, there's an absolute reason why you should be concerned about the Jets this season. And it's actually right on hard knocks. It was not about fool uh, getting fooled with Oz Perlman either. We'll tell you what that reason is for the Jets concern when we do return. Ryan Niki with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. I don't care who's your quarterback. I don't care who your running back is or your receivers are or how good the defense is. If you can't block If your offensive line stinks, you don't have a chance. That's why if you're the New York Jets, you are in big trouble. Big trouble. Their their offensive line has been brutal this entire uh, training camp so far. Not a lot of guys impressing. Some injuries as well. If you watch Hard Knocks, you've seen the frustration from Aaron Rodgers, from Robert Sala. This is a real problem. And you go back to 2020. You go back to that Chiefs-Buccaneers Super Bowl. Part of the reason why the Bucs won easily over the Chiefs and Mahomes was because Mahomes the entire game was running for his life because the offensive line could not block. They were banged up. So even if Patrick Mahomes with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey could score nine points in a Super Bowl because Mahomes is running for his life and the five guys in front of him can't do their job, I don't care how good Aaron Rodgers is. I don't care how good Garrett Wilson is. I don't care how good Dalvin Cook is. I don't care how good the defense is. The Jets are going nowhere. I think they're missing the playoffs, and now you're starting to see why right in front of our face. This O-line is not very good, and guess what? The issue for the Jets is you could say, well, Ryan, what are you panicking for? It's August 19th. Plenty of time to get it figured out. Not a lot of time. Let me really quickly read you the Jets' six games to start the season. Home against the Bills, Monday Night Football. At the Cowboys, Week 2. Patriots at home, Week 3. Chiefs at home, Week 4. At the Broncos, Week 5. Eagles, Week 6. That is a really, really grueling, brutal schedule. That if your offensive line is not in tip-top shape, in midseason form to start, and you get off to a slow start, your season's over. You're one and five, you're two and four. You're done. You're done in the AFC. That's why, if you're the Jets, the sense of urgency is right now. And that's where there's absolutely concern about their offensive line. Cause if they can't block this, uh, this entire team is screwed. And again, you hear that test and you hear all, all of the tough defenses and high octane offenses they're going against. I think it's gonna to be tough sledding for the Jets early on. I think their season by week six is gonna be over. It's gonna be over before it starts. All right. It is Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We've talked a lot this show so far, but who the best conference in college football is entering this season. It's a Pac 12. Five teams in the top 20. Best quarterbacks are in the conference. And one team for me does not make a conference. Georgia being the best team does not mean the SEC is the best conference. It's a Pac-12. They, they got depth. They got talent. They have five teams that could compete for a college football playoff berth. That to me screams best conference in college football. If you disagree, 855 212 4227 Dre is calling from Fort Worth. What's up, Dre?
3: Hey, what's up, man? Uh, I, I like to talk about three subjects. First, I'm, I'm going to talk about college football. The only thing I don't like about college football here, Keith, I don't like how they rank teams before they have a season. Like, what I'm saying, I think they should at least let them play, like, two or three games before they rank them. Because a lot of teams get ranked high, and then when the season starts, things ain't that good. And I'm going to say this. The Pac-12, I mean, me personally, Man, the Pac-12 is a joke. They've been a joke. joke. They've been a laughing stock. I mean, I don't I care am... what they quarterback is; they
0: are a joke. So you're not respecting at all, Dre? Not at all.
3: And That's a this year. Don't disrespect my Gators, man. My Gators oh. are
0: gonna be ready. My ready? Gators will be. What well, Graham Mertz? Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You hear that? You start of laughing. You can't even keep it together. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, but, but, but I, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm a diehard Gators fan. I hope we come around. But I ain't going to like Graham Merch. I don't know what we were thinking.
0: You know what, Trey? Uh, but, but, huh? You're going to learn the legitimacy of the Pac-12 in 12 days.
3: Okay. And, and Utah, one thing I wanna Thursday say,
0: night, you'll see.
3: Okay, and I want to say this. You were talking about James Harden earlier. I'm going to be honest with you, man. That guy is the epitome of pitiful. I mean, every season, he, man. I'm telling you, James Harden is ridiculous to say the least. I mean, I've never seen a player. Everywhere he go, he's unhappy. Everywhere he go, he cries his way out. Why the teams keep giving this boy a chance,
0: Dre? I'm with you. I'm, that's why I think uh, this is his last stop. I appreciate the call, buddy. That, like, I'm. That's exactly what I'm saying. For me, once. Shame on you, right? Fool me twice. Fool me three times. Fool me four times. Shame on me. The Rockets, okay, fine. You want to say you didn't see this ending coming? Okay. The Nets, you can't say you're shocked. The Sixers really can't say they're shocked by how this is going. And if, if there's another team that actually trades for them, again, you can only blame yourself, which is why I don't think any team should trade for them. The markets, the trade market's obviously not there. I don't know why any team would trade for James Harden. You know what you're getting, and it's a whole big mess. Beck is calling from Florida. What's up, Stud?
3: Hey, what's going on, guys?
0: How we doing, man? Um,
3: Man, I, I, I wanted to go through the college stuff, but your top three, you know, um, uh, going magic. I was in David Copperfield's show when I was a kid, so I mean Wow, so you know I,
0: a little sleight of hand.
3: Yeah, that is um Yeah, that was crazy that um you know, with that but um with FSU and um Penn State, you know, um why why did Bobby Bowden get all those games deducted but Paterno never got those games deducted.
0: I don't know. Beck, you're asking me to predict the NCAA. I can't do that. I have no idea. No, right. But uh, do you have any memories of Kajana Carter when you were a kid? Uh, I do not. No, he was, what, 95? I was born in 94. So I do not. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you were my age. Born in 94. and Actually, Beck grew up a Notre Dame fan. To get real, real deep, real personal here, my entire family growing up were Irish Catholic. Loved Notre Dame. Diehard Notre Dame fan. My room was blue and gold basically almost my entire life, but, I mean, trying to get into Notre Dame is impossible. No, academically, no chance to get in. Uh, athletically, less of a chance to get in. Um, so we drove by Penn State on, like, you know, high school, college visit. Always wanted to go to big-time college football program. Walked on campus the first time. Fell in love. And from there, it's been history. It's been uh, it's been history. So there you go. But, yes, not a, so not too many memories of Kajana Carter. I got to run here back at end of the hour. But... That is, that is a hickey family-rooting interest in college. Huge Notre Dame fans. I cried so many times when they would get smoked by Michigan or Michigan State or USC. And then once the dream died and Penn State was there, a new dream was born. Now, this is the year, baby. College football play, if you heard it here first, Penn State, Michigan, Georgia, USC. Four teams making the College roll plough. When we come back, we'll circle back to the NFL. Sam Howell is the starting quarterback for the Commanders. Which young quarterback is in the best position to succeed? I'll tell you next. It's Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio.